0: pause for thought and join in the barking with darren Rowe on the mindful dog morning to you darren hi Mal. how are you this morning really really well how's your week been so you're still in the in the lockdown region aren't you yeah we
1: are yeah no it's been good it's been good it's been it's been glorious weather isn't it so we've been outside doing lots of training and and grass, cutting the grass and just 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 all those things that i've not had time to do oh, yeah <laughs> it's, it's been, been, been quite nice it's been Although absolutely be nice spectacular people. It would be nice to be in Level 2 on
0: Monday, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, well well, you you, well, you probably will be too, won't you, in the Waikato region, Portland, let's be no honest. No. Um, that's just a distant, that's a pipe dream for the for the Aucklanders listening right now. Oh, little, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Anyway, enough of that. Good to see people getting out and getting vaxxed yesterday, so fingers crossed that it might yeah, move things up a little bit more. Uh, before we get into things, I've already got a question that's come through, so let's get straight to that, shall we, for Maria. Go for it. Uh, my question is, why do dogs eat grass? My dog eats grass then consumes ah. large amounts of water, but he never vomits.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? There was actually, um, I can't remember her name now, gosh. Um, there was a woman, I think, in the States that did a, a whole PhD on why dogs eat grass um, and got funding for it as well, which is amazing. Um, and she came out, I think, with five different things. I see if I can remember all of them. First of all, it was a social thing that dogs eat grass um, because it's a social thing to do. And I, I can vouch for that one because our dogs go out there and they're more like cows. They, they run around, they do their bit, and then they just sit there and eat grass. Um, the second thing was that they, if you look at the grass they're eating, they're very specific in which blades of grass they eat, there's three or four different types so sometimes they eat it to be sick and that'll be the really broad leaf ones I think um, and then sometimes they eat it because they're lacking in a nutrient and grass is really packed with nutrient, nutrition um, minerals and, and sort of that sort of stuff so um, they'll eat it because they're lacking something in their food so if they're eating lots of grass it's probably because the food you're giving them is not giving them everything they need and, and I think the other one was she came up with a conclusion, it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they just like to do it so why not? Well that's interesting yeah. I don't know about the social aspect to it, about how whole- bunch of dogs go out and eating grass together
1: yeah honestly if you look at us i like cows I like a, um, a herd of cows out there
0: <laughs> very interesting there you go maria i hope that helps you out if you do have a question for <laughs> darren then 0800 844 is the number to call or you can text your question in to 23920 so we're going to talk today about your pet's carbon paw print and i must admit it's not yeah. something that i've given any consideration to <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was interesting because yesterday I was out there in um, in the garden and we've got this amazing lavender um, bush, um, a whole load of lavender bush, three times a couple of years back and they've really come out and I couldn't help but notice that one of my dogs was taking a lot of interest in the lavender bush and then as I got closer I realised it was nothing to do with the lavender, lavender bush, it was the bees and she was ha- happily chomping away on these bees, catching the bees and trying to eat them. That's not bizarre! Well, uh, I know, and not getting stung. She wasn't screaming or anything like that, but happily munching away on these bees when she caught them. And I, and I did a bit of research on that, and, and actually dogs or wolves even eat a lot of – well, not a lot, but they, they've eaten a certain amount of insects for their um, when their natural diet. So um, insects are quite important to dogs in terms of their food. And, and that made me think, well, hang on. What 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 should dogs eat? And I don't want to get into the sort of raw food and and the kibble food sort of problem at the moment. But when I looked into the stats, I, I love stats. You know what I'm like. I love yeah. stats. And um, when I looked into the amount of money and the amount of food that's bought by people, in, in the US, 42 billion dollars a year on pet food.
0: Whoa! Can you that's, believe that?
1: That's a market and, and a half. That's huge. And and it's meant to rise to 44 billion. Now it only sounds like two billion more. But two billion is massive. <laughs> In next year um or by the end of this year sorry and and in new, Ze- new zealand because it's really hard to get sort of figures for new zealand but in new zealand we're up to about 20 million dollars a year and that's 43 metric tons of dog food wow. per year and dog treats that's just just huge amounts of money and that's and cats cats are worth 275 million dollars a year 30, so cat food is more expensive than dog food obviously i would say <clears throat> isn't that a huge amount of money and if you think about that the um The foods that go into there or the proteins that go into there are beef, lamb, chicken, pig, all those kind of things. Right, Mm. So we're we're really going to hit a problem because there's more and more animals, more and more dogs um, coming onto the, the scene. And I don't think that we're going to be able to cope with the demand, especially with the growing increases and of, um, sort of pressures, I guess, on the farmers, that climate change and habitat um, preservation and that sort of stuff, having to change their things. They're not only having to meet the needs for us, but also having to meet the needs for our for our dogs. Mm. It's huge. That is. So it's going to be a real problem.
0: So what do we do then?
1: Well, enter the insects. <laughs> so would you believe it? And that little uh, conversation or little observation with my dog eating bees, this could be the saviour for our dog world. Yeah, but and, but and your also, dog uh, is
0: probably going to end the world by eating the bees because the bees are what's keeping the planet well, alive, actually, aren't
1: they? We'll, we'll, we'll take that one aside. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if we get a lot of them. That could be a good PhD. Why do dogs eat bees? Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, in in August, so that, and I didn't really think about insects as a, as a food source, but there's, there's actually quite a lot. It's quite a hot topic at the moment. Um, believe it or not. So just in August, the American um, Feed Organization. Um, I think it's called the AFFCO, if you want to look it up, has authorised the use of black soldier fly larvae um, for the uh, use of adult dog food. So that sounds gross, fly larvae. I know, I know. And one of the things they were saying is that actually they've got to change the names of these insects or change this sort of perception because, because they're so, think about the people, they're so different to people, aren't they, that mm. we automatically go, ugh, yuck, sort of thing. Mm. Dogs don't have that problem. Um, you know, spiders, my dogs eat, mind you, that's not an insect, I guess. Yeah, well, dogs um, eat other but, dogs' um, poo, so, you know, they don't have true, problem. that problem. That's true, yeah. They're not too picky, are they? <laughs> Trust you to bring the phone down. <laughs> yeah. So so they've agreed. They've agreed in America now that they can use this um this black soldier fly larvae um for dog food. And I didn't realise that in Europe they've been using dog um insects in dog food for the last sort of, four or five years. So it's all been agreed. And why would you do that? And and it's meant to be for cat food by the end of um, next year or something. I don't know why cats have got special treatment for that one. There must mm-hmm. be something else going on there, I guess. Um and other insects that you can use is crickets, grasshoppers, mealworms, silkworms, termites. Um, I've eaten a locust before it was yeah. quite tasty I
0: have to admit it. yeah I yeah. have a, a deep fried one because I mean in Asia eating mm. insects has been common for v- a very long time and now there is of course the cricket flower you can get those cricket energy bars that's, that's right. becoming more common and there's yeah. cricket farms isn't there cricket factories yeah, that they go is. to seas, <laughs> are creating crickets for these flowers
1: that's right. Well if you think about it, the amount of land um, and resources that you need to have to produce the foods for dogs, so the beef and the, the lamb stuff like that, it's a massive resource, isn't it? Whereas if you think about crickets, you could house probably the same amount of you could get the same amount of um food from crick from crickets, say, in a small room. So huge investment in terms of um environmental benefits, isn't that really if you think about it? Um and We're now very big on the old sustainability and making sure that we can um, produce foods correctly for dogs and for other animals. Mm. So um, yeah, so we have got to make sure we do that definitely. So
0: lots of environmental benefits then for making dogs. Yeah, putting fly larvae into dog food. That just sounds wrong. It just sounds wrong, but I guess it it's not. It does sound wrong, though.
1: It does, and I have to admit, I'm I'm arguing. I'm sort of like playing with it myself. It doesn't sound right, but the more research I did, the more I realised actually it does make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as your dog's going to eat it. So like I say, the impact on the environment's huge, um, and. Um, there's substantially fewer resources needed to grow crickets or to grow mealworms or, or these soldier um, flies. Yeah, mm. um, they need less water. So if you think about locusts and crickets, they can survive in droughts. So they don't really need any very much water. So I've just lost my pen there. <laughs> um, and they uh, produce way much la- uh, much waste, less waste right. completely. If you think about how much poo. Going back to your poo there, Mel. If you think about how much poo that um, animals uh, produce, crickets use less. And actually, you can... Um, the, it's called FRAZ, which is a bizarre name for, uh, for insect waste, but you can use it as biogas. <laughs> Production of biogas.
0: So what, we could be powering <laughs> our cars by cricket poop in the future? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can wow. you imagine it? And, and an even better thing is that they'll eat our byproducts. So it's a complete cycle, isn't it? So we produce our food, we feed it to the insects, they then produce gas that so we can use for our cars and our, and our houses, and then we can feed the insects to our dogs. you need we a lot of crickets, food, so, wouldn't you? They can then produce biogas. <laughs> <So laughs> it goes round and round and round, doesn't it? So, so there's
0: lots of Let's environmental benefits you. then.
1: Yeah, massive. And if you think about how many insects there are in the world, they're, they're right at the top of the food chain in terms of the pyramid of I think it's called pyramid of biomass. But there's there's billions more insects than there are people mm. and animals. So there's certainly a, uh, plenty of insects there to be eaten. I mean, obviously, of you've, got negatives, you've got the negative, you've got the negative sides there that they they could take over the world um, <laughs> if they escape. So so in terms of looking after them and making sure that they're not going to mm. then. Um, sort of eat all the food and that sort of stuff. You can't even imagine if you, were build, if you were growing millions and millions of insects and then they were escaped and suddenly destroyed all the crops. That wouldn't be a good thing.
0: Actually, that's a really okay. good science fiction uh, book, I think, right there. Hey, if you've got a question for Darren, Mindfulness for Dogs, now is your chance to get it in 0800 844 747 as a number about your animals, your dog's behaviour or 3920 is the text. We are talking about insects for dog food right now, but we're taking your questions as always, 3920 or 0800 double. Anyway, uh, welcome back to Magic Talk. This is the Sunday Cafe with me, Mel Homer, and we're talking with Darren Rowe, Mindfulness for Dogs, about eating insects insects and dog food. It's going to become a thing very soon as well. Uh, before we get back into the nutritional benefits of that, Darren, I've got a couple of questions that are coming via text. Remember, you can always get your questions in 0800 844 747 or text 3920. Uh good morning. Darren, what consideration should I give to our five year old golden retriever when we move house? She will have three to four weeks in a kennel between houses. It's from Nikki.
1: Ah, interesting. Um certainly keep um, keep the food the same, so make sure you take the food with you. You don't want to change don't wanna change anything other than her location. Um when she comes back everything's gonna be completely new and I think people underestimate the effects of that movement that change of their environment. So really, um, plenty of exercise when she gets back. Um, that's definitely gonna lower the stress levels. You can, um, you can get those, I don't know if you've heard of them, the, the adaptil they're called, or the adaptyl collars, the pheromone collars. So I would invest in one of those. They're not the cheapest in the world, but I would invest in um, having one of those when she goes in the kennel even. What do they do? Um, so so they actually mirror the the mummy's pheromone so it takes them back to being a puppy and it just relaxes and calms them down it's been sort of a lot of science out there to to back the fact that they're not just a waste of time actually they work and and it's a really good thing when they're moving home because it's such a big change and everything like that if you can just lower that stress level then that's going to help them to adapt and and um and you know sort of fit into that world again so that would be a really good thing so a combination of Exercise, maybe those pheromone um, things and just keeping the routines the same are going to help the dog to adjust. Okay, definitely.
0: I hope that helps you out, Nikki. Uh, 0800 844 747 is the number. 3920 is a text if you've got a question for Darren. Uh, Gail says she cannot understand why our dogs eat willow weed. Is that just going back to the grass willow. conversation for the social
1: willow weed? Hmm, well, I don't know what willow is that, the willow
0: tree? I don't know. I have you know, you're asking yeah, the wrong, barking at the wrong I know tree. The willow, here.
1: Willow, yeah, I know the willow itself is um, it's got aspirin in, it, isn't it? I think salicyc um, acid, if I remember rightly. So if it's anything to do with that, then it might be an upset tummy or something like that. Maybe I don't know. I have to look at that. Probably, probably the vet's a pretty bad one to answer that one. I thought. <laughs> Another question mm. for
0: you: We have a seven-year-old dog and a one-year-old uh, Larsa. apso Shih Tzu cross puppy. Does that make sense? Oh uh, the, pu- enough, isn't it? the puppy tends to bark at everything. How do we get him to stop? We are cu- we are out during the day and we're concerned he is annoying the neighbours.
1: Uh, so first of all, I wouldn't have the dog outside. Um, I would have a, a place in the garage or something like that inside because he will become a problem for the neighbours and then you'll have the problem... With the council. Um, So that's the first thing take the stimulus away, take everything away from the dog, and then they can't bark at them. But it just sounds like he's a bit scared and he's having to deal with the whole world out there. If he's a puppy, um, that's a lot to take on, isn't it? Suddenly you've got a young puppy dog and then you throw them outside and make them deal with the whole world. Um, We're we're very keen in New Zealand of putting our dogs outside because we feel they need to be outside. But actually, if you think about um, your your puppy and your wild, they'd be inside a den and they'd stay there. So giving them a nice area to, to be inside is probably a better option. Seems a strange one for people to do in New Zealand because every dog has to be outside, but actually
0: that's where all the problems begin. Hmm. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Let's get back yeah. to eating insects um, and why it's going to be the future for dog food. So environmentally, <laughs> obviously, it's the way it's going too for humans. There's a lot more insect manufacture yeah. for humans because for this very reason. Uh, what about the nutritional benefits?
1: Yeah, so so um, if you think about the dogs, most of the proteins um, percentages that you see on dog food is something like twenty percent, and and that's why they recommend about twenty percent for an adult dog. But um, insects are, are much higher, um, much richer in protein. So about thirty to sixty-five percent dry weight, and thirty to sixty percent in wet weight, and that's a huge amount of protein if you think about it. The average um, uh, dog food is about twenty percent. After the processing, and, and there's a lot more processing involved in taking the protein out of um, sort of beef and lamb than there is in insects. So huge benefits there. Um, extremely rich in fats and the good fats, so that unsaturated fat rather than saturated fat. So again, your your animals or your your, your lamb and that sort of stuff, they more saturated fats than unsaturated fats, so your, your dog's going to get healthier. Mm-hmm um or out um a really good source of carbohydrate um yeah. but there is a bit of a problem there because um if you've ever mm. you've had the misfortune of um stepping on an insect it goes crunch mm. <laughs> and that's that exoskeleton they call it is um a, prote- uh, a carbohydrate called chicken which always used to make me laugh it's like mm. uh, when i was a kid but um it's a really uh, Hard protein, that really hard carbohydrate, and not very digestible to dogs. So they might need to do some processing. That's probably going to be the, the biggest problem. But dogs don't need a lot of carbohydrate anyway. So, um, whereas we probably need a bit more. And and then this is the, and this is the kicker. This is the big one that um, insects are a massive source of vitamins and minerals. So they've got lots of iron, zinc, um, calcium, ca- uh, copper, manganese, um, magnesium, the biggest one. And they've got more um, more iron content than than a steak of beef. Can you believe it,
0: wow, but you need a lot of it though. you You'd need a lot of them,
1: well, no, not so much, actually, because the concentration is so much that you actually don't need to eat a lot more than you would normally. Hmm. So, yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? The more I look into it, the more I think, oh, maybe I should be eating your cricket. got enough of them outside my bedroom at night time at the moment. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I know. They get in the garage and they're everywhere. So, tough, yeah, I think those are crickets in the wild wouldn't taste probably quite as good as the ones that they, they farm and the grind up for, for, for flour out to put into energy know. bars as well.
1: Have you actually had an bar? That's
0: one thing I have. I've never tried yep. um, the yep. cricket stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it just tastes like it just tasted to me. It was just using cricket flour. It just tasted like a energy bar it was okay it uh, wasn't anything i'd rush out and buy again but that might have just been the flavor of the energy bar but um it's uh, certainly wasn't textural wise it was it was absolutely fine had no problem with it whatsoever okay. a couple of questions come in let's get to them before we talk about the um the black the black soldier fly larvae again my german shepherd gets really hot in the auckland summer i've tried to get her into a paddling pool but no luck any ideas how to keep her cool it's from ingrid
1: yeah, so so first of all, one thing you never do with a shepherd is um, shave their coat. Okay, so just just get it out of there. Any 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 dog with a, a double or triple coat like your collies, your huskies, all those kind of things, never never take them to the groomers and get them to shave the coat off, trim the coat with the with the um, mm. razors, because they'll never grow back properly. Okay, and actually, the, it's the coat that keeps them cool. Mm. So we need to make sure that. I've Seen too many dogs with their teddy cut they call it where they go and shave them especially the collies she's not good um so don't do that um the other thing you want to think about is dogs sweat through their mouth so they pant lots okay mm-hmm. and they um they've got a little bit a few they don't have many sweat glands but they've got some in their paws in their front paws so even if your dog doesn't jump in the water, get the front paws in there, in cold water, and that will start to cool them down. That's a really good thing. Um, but there are some really um good products on the market which are coats, cool coats they call them. And um, we used to have one when we did agility with um, one of my dogs' lemon and it was like a um like a gel, like a coat but it had gel in it and you used to put it in the freezer, put soak it, soak it in water and put it in the freezer and it would freeze and then you put it on the dog and it looked really cool. I don't know. It? It's like a you know like a cypress type for stuff. <laughs> so he would walk around with this coat and it would keep him nice and cool. Um, so you can get those, and that was, I think it was just called a cool coat. But just be a bit careful. I see a lot of people walking around with their dogs with the foil coats. Right. So it's foil inside and it just reflects the heat back off. But also, what it does, you think about those, it reflects the heat from the dog back in as well. So you've got to be a bit careful with those ones because that can sometimes raise the temperature of a dog when you're not realising. You're thinking you're trying to protect them from the sun, sun heat, but actually it's making it worse.
0: Okay, so what about Um, spraying water on your... You used to talk about the front paws. Could you spray water on the front paws or would that not work so well?
1: um, It's actually underneath, so it's actually thinking the dog actually having his paws in the water is a better thing to do um, if you can. Um, I guess sort of spraying cold water on a dog generally giving them a cold bath would be a good idea It'd bring the temperature down but i always worry about that because then um it evaporates back out and that might set up the wrong sort of thing for um the dog make it hotter in the end i'm not sure mm. <clears throat> Step on. i mean the best thing is keep them in or we'll keep them in the shade so they don't overheat especially if it's a black shepherd um that coat's going to get really hot isn't it mm. so yeah a combination keep keep them away from the sun and, and don't forget your sun lotion for dogs so big thing in New Zealand. Sun but lotion white for dogs? Dog or white nose. Yeah so if you've got dogs with white noses they can get um, all sorts of nasty cancers and things on their noses um, if they've got that, that pale pink coat or white coat so get that um, sun balm on their noses. So, so what just, is there a
0: doggy product. sunscreen or is there just yeah. normal sunscreen for humans that you put on a dog?
1: Um, you, could, you can get the, sun, the, the doggy sun balm um, it's probably a little bit different to the human one, I don't know. But if you go to a lot of the naturopath-type um, shops, they, they tend to sell them, but I think it's becoming more mainstream now, even
0: the vets have them. Yeah, to keep their noses protected. And yeah, fair point. I hadn't really thought about the yeah. dog's noses too much. Uh, another question, but I don't know if you're going to be able to help out with this one. Um, my Springer Spaniel has a swollen saliva, and it's probably more vet-based, swollen saliva gl- gland. has given him noroclav, not working. Our vet isn't very concerned, but we are. What could get rid of it?
1: Cool, oh, yeah i wouldn't want to um it's not really comment on that one i guess I, especially as your vet's already prescribed something Um the thing to think about now is that that vet medicine can take a while sometimes it's not immediate sort of thing mm. um but i would definitely be looking at well what's he drinking um there might be a source of infection there somewhere because it sounds like an infection because that an antibiotic so it sounds like there's something that he's drinking or eating that's an infection in his mouth. Um, they'd probably even looked at his teeth, maybe clean his teeth as well. It might be some sort of bacteria infection in his teeth. That's just my guess anyway. Mm. That's what I would do if it was my dog. But again, I'm not a vet, so... <laughs>
0: mm. You are a dog, a canine behaviourist. If you've got a question for Darren yeah. too, by the way, 0800 844 747. We could probably squeeze another one in. Or 3920 is the text. So let's get back to... The insects in pet food. So it's not in New Zealand yet, is it? But this black soldier fly larvae is quite the deal in the States or or in Canada.
1: Yeah, so so like all um, Canada actually sets the tone for dog food. I mean, uh, there was a big revolution about the organic and um, farm-free sort of uh, um, foods, and that came from Canada originally. So Canada is actually sort of driving the way as always when it comes to dog food. And and there's a company called Hope, and it's worth um, you can probably there's probably um, you could probably well say you probably could get it here. (laughs) Probably take about four years to get it at the moment, but keep an eye on the company called Hope Dog Food, Hope Pet Food, um, because they, they they're one of the first ones to have come up with um, a, a, a completely um, insect-based protein dog food. Um, and they recommend that it's got nine times omega-3 levels in salmon. It's more more iron, spinach, Two times the protein of beef and more calcium than milk, so they've got some pretty high claims there. But, but their website's awesome, and if you like, say search for that one, um, it actually tells you about the sustainability and if you look at the carbon footprint on there of of how they make their dog food, it's really quite good. One to watch out for. It's kind of backed a little bit by a massive university in New Zealand as well. They seem to think that's the way to go as well, which is good. Um, But. Some of the big giants are jumping on that bandwagon now. have obviously realised that there's, there's more to it. So Perina have made one, um, and it's only available, I think, in the Netherlands at the moment. It's called Beyond Nature's Protein. Um, and, again, that's a combination of insect and chicken protein. Um, so I would imagine over the next sort of year or so, then that will start to um, sort of come to New Zealand. And it would be worth giving it a go, I reckon, because at the end of the day, um, in terms of the kibble, the, the dog feeder, the dry dog feeder we get, you know, the difference between a taste of beef and lamb is going to be neglectable, isn't it? If it's the protein that we're really looking for. So mm. um, definitely a way to go, in my opinion. I'm certainly going to give it a go.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's the way, it, it just seemed to be the way all food is going for humans and for, it makes sense that pets would follow suit as well, I guess, uh, particularly when there's yeah. um, sustainability issues around it. People are always jumping on board sustainability train, aren't they?
1: That's right, yeah, Definitely. So yeah, so think about your carbon, your dog's carbon footprint.
0: Well, uh, something I had not thought of, but now I will be thinking no. about it every time I do anything. And I will impart it to my partner on our, on our morning dog walks where I give him all the intel. You should have heard him before when I was telling him about how we had to enrich our dog's life by doing different things <laughs> and going different walks. He, you know, I had to explain it to him. I said, look, it's science. And, uh, and then he kind of got aboard, but it took a while. Hey, Darren, an absolute <laughs> pleasure as always talking to you, uh, and good luck. One today. And good luck with getting out of level three for you in Waikato this week. Um, yeah. And we cost. we shall talk again next Sunday. Hopefully you'll be in the studio
1: then. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, yeah. that will be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it will be nice. Wonderful now, thank you. It would be nice. There
0: you go. And if you want more from Darren, Mindfulness for Dogs on Facebook, or you can follow him, go to his website as well. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.